Hi, my name is Alan. Thanks for checking out our video sermon series. Right now we're in a series of lessons called The Q. And what we're looking at is different questions that Jesus asks people. And Jesus asked a lot of questions, and what we're finding as we've gone through this series is some of the questions that he asked in the Bible, he's still asking us today. This week, the question that we're looking at is, why don't you understand what I'm saying? What a loaded question, huh? Have you ever had somebody who asked you, why can't you understand me? You know, there can be lots of different reasons why we don't understand somebody. Could be simply a language barrier. You're just not speaking the same language. It could be that you don't care what they're saying or that you don't want to understand what they're saying. If you're like me, you've probably experienced all three of those at one play, time or another, but what about those situations where you really do care and you are speaking the same language? You want to understand, but you just aren't getting it. Well, I got a video to show you, and maybe it'll help you see what I'm talking about. Maybe you can even relate to it and identify. Hey, are you golfing today? Yeah. It's the second time this week. But you said it was fine. It is fine. It's perfectly fine. Are you confused by female behavior? Wish you had a translator to understand what she means? Well, you're in luck. Introducing the Manslater, a revolutionary device that translates woman language into simple man words. Finally, the power to know what she means. Okay, cool. Let me just check with my wife. Hey, babe, a tea time opened up later. You mind if I go? Fine. If that's what you want to do. No go! Stay home! On second thought, I think I'll just stay here with you and watch The Notebook. Aww, how sweet. Now that's more like it. The Manslater uses emotion-deciphering technology to help you out of the toughest jams. Hey, is everything okay? You sound upset. Why would I be upset? Forgot anniversary, jerk! Oh, no way! Happy anniversary, babe. You remembered. Come on, of course I did. Thanks to the Manslater's patented FemLogic processing chip, now any man can decode statements like... Are you wearing that? You change! Now! Hey, do you want to get some coffee? Me want coffee! Do you think she's pretty? You think she? Prettier than me? Aw, you're such a good friend. Me never date you! I'm fine. Me not fine! I'll be ready in five minutes. Me ready 30 minutes! Do whatever you want. Could you rub my shoulders a little bit? No, hanky-panky. Only massage. Be serious. The man's later even works on men. Finally, women can learn the deeper meaning of his words. Whoa. Your beauty is stunning. Hey, mind if I catch a movie with the guys? You are a lovely, wonderful woman who meets all of my needs. And even though I will miss you, this night I wish to see Death Cop 9 with my bros. I'm fine. I'm fine. Really. The Manslater can even be customized, with voices of real celebrities being impersonated, like Yoda. In much trouble you are, do the doghouse go you? Or Mr. T. 
I pity the fool who leaves the toilet seat up. So get your manslater today. Clarity is just a phone call away. You need buy me. So seven easy payments of $99.99. If there really was a product like a manslater, would you be interested in one? I think it would be a bargain at twice the price. In fact, with all the marriage counseling I've done over the years, I think I'd like to be a distributor. You know, whenever I watched this video, they, they talked about you could gear this thing up for a celebrity voice. I think I would choose Struther Martin. If you watch the movie Cool Hand Luke from 1969, you'll recognize him. Because when I watch this movie, I hear him saying, what we have here is a failure to communicate. If you don't know what that reference is about, go watch Cool Hand Luke, and I think you'll get it. See, it's hard to be close to somebody that you don't really understand very well. Did you notice that in the video? Once they understood, they began to connect, and they got a lot closer. And if you want to understand somebody, boy, it's because you want to be closer. Not understanding is frustrating. And it's not just frustrating for the person who can't understand. It's also frustrating for the person who isn't being understood. I think it frustrated Jesus. Listen to what he said in John 8, 43. Now, he was probably talking to the Pharisees here, but he asked them, why don't you understand what I'm saying? I don't think Jesus didn't know why they didn't understand him. But you can feel the frustration when he asked them. He said this to Peter in Matthew 15, 16. He says, are you still so dull? Do you not understand? Peter had been with Jesus for quite some time now, and seen several miracles, and yet he just wasn't getting it. We know Peter wanted to understand, and yet he still had trouble. And you can almost hear Jesus saying, come on, really? You still, you don't get it? Well, the truth is, lots of Christians have trouble understanding, Christ, understanding Jesus. For example, uh, how easy is, is it for you to understand some of these things that Jesus said? In Matthew 5, he says, anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. A couple verses later, in verse 32, he says, anyone who marries a divorced woman commits adultery. Is that easy to understand? In verse 39, he says, turn to them also the other cheek. What does that mean? Does Jesus want us to get beat up, turn us into punching bags? In Matthew 5, 48, he says, be perfect. Oh, yeah, that's not intimidating. What does Jesus mean by that? Do you understand what he means? One time, Jesus actually called a woman a dog. You can read that in Matthew 15, verses 24 through 26. Is he always easy to understand? No, it's not always easy to understand what Jesus is saying. It wasn't easy for the Pharisees. It wasn't even easy for the apostles. It's probably not going to just come automatically to you or me either. So what is it that makes it so hard for us to understand what Jesus says? Well, probably the same thing that makes it hard for us to understand each other. You see, it's hard to understand someone when you don't share the same worldview with them. Right now, we've got a lot of political unrest. 
And we've got a lot of people who aren't understanding each other. Just watch the news and you'll see them talking to each other and not understanding each other. And what's at play there, I think, is differing worldviews. Well, what's a worldview? A worldview is how you look at the world. It's how you think it operates. A worldview is why you think things happen the way they do. And a worldview is what you think your purpose is. That gets pretty deep into the root of who we are and how we understand things. And you see, differing worldviews can drive us apart. But sharing a worldview, understanding and sharing a worldview can bring us closer together, can actually draw us together. So in the video, you think the men and the women had different worldviews? You know, actually, back in 1992, there was a very popular book written by a guy named John Gray. And the title was, Men Are From Mars, Women Are From Venus. I didn't read the book, but I think what he's going for here is, yeah, we have trouble communicating as long as we're stuck in our own worldview. And I think what he was trying to get at is, maybe you need to understand the, the other person's worldview. Even better if you can share it. Well, men aren't really from Mars, and women aren't really from Venus, but Jesus is definitely from a different world. I mean, he's literally from a different world. He told us that in John 6, verse 38. He says, I've come down from heaven, not to do my will, but to do the will of him who sent me. Jesus had a saying, said it several times, and maybe you're even familiar with it. He liked to say, he who has ears, let him hear. What was he getting at when he said that? Well, what you'll notice, he said it about six times in the New Testament, and each time it was after he had told a parable. And each one of those parables was trying to explain the kingdom of God. And whenever he was done with the parable, he'd basically say, if you get it, you get it. And this confused people a lot. Even his disciples didn't know why he would do it that way. I think what Jesus was saying was, if you get the kingdom worldview, then you're going to get what this parable means. I have an example, actually, in Matthew 13, verses 9 through 15, where Jesus talks about two groups of people, people that understood, got what he was saying, or were learning to, and people who just didn't understand, just weren't getting it. Listen to what he says here. He says, starting in verse 9, he who has ears, let him hear. Now, Jesus had just told them the parable of the sower. The disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Down in verse 15, he says, for this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they've closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, and understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. You see, the ones who got it, the ones who were understanding what Jesus was saying, were the ones who were actually changing their worldview. See, they were the ones, according to Jesus in verse 11, to whom the secrets of the kingdom of heaven had been given. They wanted to understand the kingdom of heaven. They wanted to see it that way. They wanted that worldview, and they were working and changing, and it was 
starting to come into focus for them. And their changing worldview is working kind of like a, like a Jesus later. Instead of a man's later, like a Jesus later. And it allowed him to actually go on and explain the things that others wouldn't understand even if he tried. You read on through that passage down through verses 16 through 23. He unpacks the parable of the sower for his disciples in a way that he didn't for the folks that weren't getting it. Why didn't they get it? Well, he tells us about that. He says they don't get it because their hearts were hard. That's in verse 15. He also lets us know it's because they're rebellious. Where does he say rebellious in that passage? He doesn't but he quotes some Old Testament passages, which clues us in. If you check out Ezekiel 12.2, there was a prophecy about these folks, and that's what Jesus is referring to. That prophecy said, Son of man, you're living amongst a rebellious people. They have eyes to see, but they don't see, and ears to hear, but they don't hear, for they are a rebellious people. Ever known someone who was rebellious? Maybe you've been the rebellious person. See, rebellious people do what they want to do. And that's actually more in line with Satan than it is with God's worldview. Doing what you want to do is more in line with Satan's worldview than God's worldview. Check out John 8, 43 through 44. Jesus hits him with the question again. Why don't you understand what I'm saying? And then he answers the question. It's because you cannot accept my teaching. You people are from your father, the devil, and you want to do what your father desires. Ouch. See, there's a connection between having a hard heart and having a hard head. Being rebellious and clinging to your worldview, uninterested in changing that worldview, is going to make it impossible to really understand what Jesus is getting at. So how can I understand Jesus? How can I share his worldview? What do I need to get so I can get it? I really only got two things to share with you about this. Maybe get us pointed in the right direction. The first one is, I need to get the Holy Spirit. So why do I need to get the Holy Spirit? Paul tells us why in 1 Corinthians 2, verse 14. He says, The person without the Spirit does not accept the things that come from the Spirit of God, but considers them foolishness and cannot understand them because they are discerned only through the Spirit. Sounds to me like the Holy Spirit is our Jesus later. He's the one who actually helps us to understand what Jesus is getting at. So how do I get the Holy Spirit? Well, Peter told us how to do that in Acts 2, verse 38. He said, repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins. And guess what? You will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. You see, that hard heart, that rebelliousness, that hard head, that makes us impossible to understand Jesus, that makes us not close to him, this is where you get rid of that hard heart. Ezekiel 36, 26-27 prophesied that there was a coming a day whenever God would take away our hard hearts, our hearts of stone, and give us a soft flesh. And he'd put a new spirit in us. And that's what's happening here. That's what Peter's talking about. That's what happens whenever you repent 
and you're baptized. Sounds simple enough, but maybe we ought to unpack it just a touch more. What does it mean to repent? Well, it's not just to stop doing things. It's to change the way you think and the way you act. Sometimes the best way to understand what a word means is to see how people use it in context in a certain area at a certain time. Fortunately for us, there's a very famous and popular historian that lived about the same time as Jesus, used the same language, talked to the same kind of people, and he tells a story about a time that he talks to a rebel, a guy confusingly named Jesus. It's not the Jesus we're interested in. It was a different guy. He was a Jewish rebel, and he was getting everybody into a jam. He was getting the Romans worked up, and Josephus at that time was still a Jewish military guy, and he tells us about how he went and talked to this guy, and what he tells the guy is, listen, you need to repent and believe. He said the very same thing that this guy, that Jesus told us in Mark 1.14. The way that Josephus tells his story, you know exactly what he's telling this guy. He's telling him to abandon his agenda and to embrace Josephus' agenda. Whenever we're told, whenever Peter told that crowd that they needed to repent, guess what he's telling them? You need to abandon your agenda, and you need to embrace the gospel agenda. You need to embrace Jesus' agenda. See, repentance is a lot bigger than just stopping doing some things. It's about changing the way you think, the way you act. It's about embracing a different agenda and to quit being a rebel. But that's not the only thing that we're commanded to do there, to get the Holy Spirit. We're also supposed to be baptized. See, baptism is that place where you publicly identify yourself with Jesus and his kingdom. And you're pledging allegiance to King Jesus. That's the wording that Peter used in 1 Peter 3.21. So if you have trouble understanding Jesus, the first place to start is to start with getting the Spirit. And that comes through repenting, abandoning your agenda, and embracing His, and then publicly identifying yourself with His kingdom and His people and His mission in this earth by being baptized. So here's another thing. The second thing I need to do is I need to get the big picture. What do I need to get so I can get it? I need the Holy Spirit, and I also need to get the big picture. How can I get the big picture? Is God just going to turn the lights on for me? I get baptized, and all of a sudden, he flips the switch, and all of a sudden, I get it. All of a sudden, I know what Jesus is talking about. Well, if that works for somebody, I, I don't know of it. It certainly hasn't worked that way for me. Actually, what it requires is it requires that I work to understand that I apply myself and I study the Bible. Sermons are great. I'm glad you're watching this video. I've benefited massively from the sermons that I've listened to over the years. And inspirational books, they've got their purpose too. But neither one of them are a substitute for doing your own Bible study. Years ago, whenever I first moved to this area, I had been a Christian for quite some time. I was raised in a church. 
I had good Bible teachers from the Crossville Church of Christ. And along the way, lots of people told me lots of stuff. I listened to lots of sermons, listened, read lots of books. But I happened to be studying through, reading through the New Testament. I kept coming across things that Jesus would say that I just I wasn't getting it. I didn't understand. Why did he react this way? Why did he say that? Some of those verses I shared earlier, I just didn't understand. And it dawned on me. Maybe I just don't understand the context, what's really going on the way that they did. And so I thought, well, maybe it's because I don't really know the Old Testament very well. Don't get me wrong. I knew all the popular Bible stories from the Old Testament, but it was more like a quilt, a patchwork of of stories that taught specific points. But the big picture, the big story of what God was doing and, and how this all related to me, I didn't really quite have that dialed in. So I picked up a resource I found really helpful. I'll recommend it to you. It's a, a, a version of the Bible, a chronological version of the Bible called the Narrated Bible. And it's put out. The author is a guy by the name of F. Lagarde Smith, a man I've had the pleasure of meeting. He's a good guy. And that Bible really was a, a big turning point for me. I read the whole Bible through three times in one year. This Bible is actually marked out with daily portions, and it lines it up like a story that you would read in any other novel. This guy went to a lot of work to figure out when things happen and put them in order. And all of a sudden, this bigger picture began to emerge. And guess what happened when I got to the point where I'm reading about what Jesus is saying? It's starting to click. I didn't understand everything perfectly. My journey wasn't over. Frankly, my journey still isn't over. I still have trouble understanding some things, and I'm working on it still. But it began to take shape. You know what else I felt? I felt a whole lot more connected to Jesus. I felt closer to him. And my worldview began to change. I began to understand myself and the world I lived in in a whole different way. So here's the thing about studying the Bible for yourself. The Bible was definitely written for us but it wasn't written to us. And that makes a huge difference to understand that. Let me say it again. The Bible was written for us, but it was not written to us. So whenever you read the Bible, if you're going to understand it and get that big picture, there are four things, four questions you need to ask. The first one is, who wrote it? Second one is, who did they write it to? The third one is, what did it mean to them? And the last one is, now, what does it mean to me? See, we have a problem sometimes reading the Bible as though it was written to us. And so we read it from a 21st century American viewpoint. And sometimes we really don't understand it. Until we can ask these four questions of anything we read, even the instructions on how you cook your food. If you don't understand those four questions, you're probably not going to cook it quite right. How much more important is it to do that with the Bible? There's a a resource, a book that my son actually recommended to me that I can recommend to you, and I'll provide the link for you. It's how to stop reading the Bible through Western eyes. And there are some things socially that have changed over the last 2,000 years between the Middle East and America. And understanding that really does help you to begin to answer some of those questions about who wrote this, what 
the, who did they write it to and what did it mean to them. With those three in place, you've got a much better chance of understanding what it means to you. I'd also like to recommend some free online resources. We live in an amazing age where the ability to, to read the Bible for ourselves, uh, it, it's never been this easy. There's never been this much rich wealth of, of resources for any other generation. It'd be a shame for us not to take advantage of them. Uh, one that I can point you to, and I'll give you the hyperlink to it, is uh, some online Bible study tools. And I've got a little PDF that you can click to that'll actually give you some instructions on how to use the different ones that are there. But they're geared to get you into the Bible and help you figure out how to take it to the deeper level and how to understand it a little bit better. And it's all free. Another one I highly recommend is from the folks at the Bible Project. If you haven't checked them out, you're going to love it. They use basically cartoon graphics and short videos to explain even some of the most complex things in a way that's really a lot easier to understand. And they use, with these videos, they obviously have the ability to have closed caption. So anybody can watch these and benefit from it. These next two are really only uh, audio resources. So uh, I'd like to put this out there. If you're in the deaf community, and you would like to access some of these audio resources that I've got linked here, but you need an interpreter, at the end of this video, I'll put down some contact information and show you how you can contact us to schedule somebody that can help you uh, with interpreting some of these audio resources. But a good friend of mine named Steve Gregg is one of the resources that I use all the time. Steve has been a Bible teacher for a long time. He lives out in California. He has a daily... Uh, radio broadcast where he takes live questions from all over the world and talks about them live on the air and answers questions. At his website, which is called thenarrowpath.com, he's got lectures on every verse in the Bible. And I have learned a ton from this guy. He's a good brother, and I highly recommend you check him out. Lastly, here at Greater Alton, we have some resources that we have on our website. You can go there and and check those out. We've got Bible classes. Uh, We've got some live Bible classes that you can come and attend. Uh, Bob Hawkins is one of the uh, teachers for the Sunset School of Preaching. And we have those classes that we we make available for no charge. There are lots of different ways for you to actually dig into the Word of God. And with the power of the Spirit and the tools that God has put in our lap, we can definitely begin to understand Jesus better and get closer to him. What I can promise you is, not that it's going to be easy, but I can promise you that as you study God's Word, your worldview will start to change. When your worldview starts to change, you're going to see yourself and others differently. You're going to start to see yourself and others the way that God sees us. How does He see us? One of the most popular verses in the Bible, John 3.16. God loves this world so much that he gave his unique son so that everyone who believes in him might not be lost but have eternal life. Some people look at God as this angry judge. When your worldview starts to change, it's shaped by the Bible, by the Word of God, through the Holy Spirit, you're going to see him differently and you're going to see yourself differently and you're going to see other people around you differently. What else is going to change? how you think this world actually operates. 
See, when your worldview starts to change and become the worldview of the Bible, the worldview of Jesus, you're going to start to see the unseen. Paul referred to some of that in Ephesians 6.12, when he called them the rulers, the authorities, the powers of this dark world, and the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realm. See, we have a real enemy, and we can't see them or point to them. And this worldview that Jesus has that we need to share with him will allow us to start seeing them at work in our world. That changes things in a big way. Why you think things happen the way they do will start to change. You may see yourself less and less as a victim and more and more as a part of what God is doing in this world and a partner with him. See, that leads into what your purpose is and your worldview lines up with Jesus's. The way you see your purpose in this world is going to start to change. One of the things I've learned as I've read the Bible is that the Bible is not my story that includes God or a story about how I can include God in my story. The whole Bible is God's story, and he's inviting us to be a part of his story. That in itself is a huge change in worldview. And oh my goodness, is it powerful and reassuring, exciting. And I think the biggest payoff of all of understanding Jesus is that you grow closer and closer to him and more and more in love with him. Yeah, it takes time and it takes effort. And that's okay. That's how it's supposed to work. Even Jesus, in Mark 4.33, it says, with many similar parables, Jesus spoke the word to them as much as they could understand. I think we all wish that we could understand it all right now. But the reality is we can only understand so much at a time. And then we get that and then we grow a little bit more. And the Spirit leads us and we grow in our understanding. In John 16, 12, Jesus told the disciples, I have much more to say to you, more than you can bear right now. See, I think sometimes if we understood everything as much as we wanted to right now, it would overwhelm us. And the Spirit actively works to grow us. But it takes time. We have to cooperate with the Spirit. And if you love someone, you learn to understand them. You want to. You'd buy a man's later if there was one out there, if you loved your wife or your husband, because you want to be close and you want to understand. Well, here's a way that we can show our love to Jesus by learning what he's saying. In Hebrews 5.14, the Hebrew writer is talking about the Word of God, and he calls it solid food. And he says it's really for the mature who have, by constant use, trained themselves. See, Bible study isn't something we do when we're in trouble, every now and then, uh, when we were given an assignment to figure out how to answer a certain question for a test, it's something that we use to train ourselves to reshape our worldview and to see everything and everybody through God's eyes, to see it the way that he does. See, being a Christian, it's a relationship. It's not about memorizing a bunch of rules so that you can live out a higher ethic. It's about a relationship between you and God and God's people. 
It's a shared vocation. Your relationship is going to grow and get richer and richer as you learn to share Jesus' view. And the more you get it, the more you'll get it. I hope this lesson blesses you. I'd like to pray for us. Heavenly Father, thank you again for loving us, for bringing Jesus here, for giving us the Spirit, for allowing us to be adopted into your family, to be identified with you and your kingdom and your purpose in this world. Father, we don't understand all of it, but I pray that you'll motivate us to understand that we can understand more and that we can keep growing in it. And the more we grow in it, the more you change us from the inside out and the richer and more beautiful this journey begins. Father, I pray that everyone who looks at this lesson will be challenged to understand Jesus more, to grow closer, and to be more a part of what you're doing in this world. We want to see your kingdom come. We want your your will to be done here on this earth just like it is in heaven. And Father, we know you want us to be a part of it. So, Father, I pray that you'll help us to make that commitment to abandon our agenda, to embrace yours, to pledge allegiance to you and your king and your kingdom, and then to do the hard work of learning your worldview. Father, we ask all this in Jesus' name. So, amen.